Scott. Over there, Scott Mitchell here. We're rivals, but we're really not. Uh, I like to kid Jason all the time, give him a hard time, but he's a good guy. Jason is a good guy. Scott was a mean guy. I do not care room. what anybody says. Jason is a good guy. <laughs> he has, uh, what's that? Uh, he is without guile. That's what well, Jason. Thanks, man. Yeah, Jason, you're a good dude. If you know me, but if, yeah. we're, if we're in a fight, you're the, I'm the guy that you want by your side. Correct. I'm black and white. Yes. Yes, you are. Um, okay, Scott's so, my friend so next football season, um, Utah, BYU have some interesting things happening. BYU's got a lot of guys coming back next year. They've got some depth in, in some positions. They have a brutal schedule. Brutal. It is awful. It is brutal. Utah, on the other end, had an amazing year, and then they fell off a cliff at the end. Really could have gone to the college football playoffs had they won. Oh, it was in their hands. Which would have been just in their hands. Yeah, amazing, exciting. And they lost a lot of guys. They lost yeah. their entire secondary. They lost their best players on their defensive line, and they lost their best linebacker on defense. Plus, they lost their quarterback, a lot of offensive production, and their star running back. Yeah. So the cupboards are bare at the University of Utah. Yeah. So, yeah. with that said, what is the best case scenario that we can expect from both of these schools? And we'll start with BYU, Jason. What, what do you think is the best case scenario at BYU? You know, best case scenario, I think, uh, you know, is get, just getting a bowl game, honestly. I mean, to get to, they get six wins on that season, you know, it'll be a solid season for them. If they get eight wins, I'm, man, I'm going to be doing backflips and just pumped. But I, I've eight, never win, eight wins, you'd say this this coaching staff, these players, probably played at their highest level. They possibly oh, could. Absolutely. Yeah. Just perfect football, disciplined, no bad games, right? They were there for every single game. There was no big letdown. I mean, if they just played a fantastic season, I think they get eight wins. All right, let's, that's a perfect let, let's season assume, for them. Let's assume kind of a trend that's been, been Kalani with – the start of the season has been murderer's row, yeah. power five schools, first yeah. four games of the season, no different this year. And yet BYU's done well in those situations. Yeah. Part of part of it is I think that they're at their healthiest at the beginning of the year and they have an opportunity. I think attrition, I think having a young team and a lack of focus kind of you slip when you go play the, the <laughs> yeah. Toledos and the South Floridas yeah. and you don't that have leadership issue that we leadership, talk about. Sure. So so let's assume they go they split their four first games. Then they have Which would be awesome. Right. I mean that would be Then they've awesome. got they've got Missouri, Houston, Boise State, Utah State. And let's say they split that. So there's four wins right there. So now you have the last four games of the season which is we'll just say it's Northern Illinois, it's North Alabama, it's San Diego State and Stanford. And Stanford could still be down. Yeah, they could be it's down. It's a possible win. San Diego State has a new coach. Who knows? They they lost last year. Northern Illinois is a tough team. That's always they, they been gotta a tough. Go to, they got to go. And and so. They beat BYU on their last time right. they face each other. So could they win two of those games? Yeah, the last four. Yeah. Okay, so so and yeah, let's say. Absolutely. A, North Alabama should be, a you know, the one gimme out of that right. for them. So let's say that they go. Um, so that's six wins. That's that's six. Yeah. And if you can find two more wins in there somewhere, it's possible. Eight eight wins would be a great season. It would it'd just be an awesome season for them yeah. with, that, with that schedule. And, you know, they seem to have, just based on, you know, the last four years, was it four, right, with Kalani, you got, 
the inconsistency. You know, they come out and they surprise us and shock everybody, and then right. they then they kind of, there's a letdown. It's there's just inconsistency throughout the season, and I haven't seen anything different from that. So if you see that kind of similar football this year, um, you know, you just it's it's amazing to me how dumb the big Power Five schools are, like USC, and they come in or Boise State, you know, coming in undefeated, and they fall asleep. And BYU is the giant slayer. They, they there, come out of nowhere and there's play always a, great a week, game. Right. There's always a week when, right? when it, yes. And they get, catch people yeah. on, and they're good enough when they yeah. come out fired up. Even a, a great team that's not ready to play ball, they go knock them off. And with more experience, more depth, they, they could find two more wins in there. Yeah, they could possible. find two more. Yeah. So the, the best case, I, I think it's possible they could get eight wins. And that would be a heck of a year for them with that schedule. It would, yeah. All right, flipping to the other side, University of Utah, lose their whole secondary. How, I mean, they lose almost their entire defense. Uh, of all the guys going to the combine, there's one. There's nine guys. Eight of them are on the defense. So they have one offensive guy yeah. from Utah going to the con. So, so they lose a ton. Yeah. And a year ago, I remember the conversation about Cody Barton and Chase Hansen. There's no way you'll replace those guys. Well, uh, Devin Lloyd and Francis Bernard played as good, if not better. I saw it. Bernard um, especially. I, they, they, were, they were pretty Lloyd good. Lloyd sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so, so there wasn't a fall off. And then I'm like, Julian Blackman's going to move to safety. That's a change. The only guy this last year who was in the same position was Jalen Johnson. So Terrell uh, Burgess was not a starter a year ago. And Tariq Lewis, the other corner, wasn't. So... So Utah had three new guys in its secondary this last year. Early on, they struggled. Yeah. But they, they got together. They, they got have better. athletes in the secondary to replace who they have, but they're replacing everybody. Yeah. They're Devin replacing Lloyd, everybody, but, man, I just – this is where I think, you know, you see the strength of a program. Yeah. And experience hurts you, yeah. but, I, but I see, you know, Whittingham reloading, and Utah's been reloading really good. If, if, if Utah can reload – if they can reload, and if they can find the special sauce, the special magic, you can have a young, inexperienced team that comes in with the right leadership that I talked about last year and where Utah fell off the cliff. They had all the talent in the world, and they just didn't show up a couple times, yeah. which just blew me away. And so, you know what? Hold it out there. This Utah with Kyle coaching, I think, could really – you know, potentially pull off a real special season, even with a young team, if they find that right little, you know, magic sauce. Here's what I think Utah has the there. best thing going. They reload with great talent. You know what I think the best thing they have going this year? They're flying under the radar. Exactly. No, no one expects No one expects them. They got USC at home. They have Washington at home. They don't play Oregon. They don't play Stanford. They're not the favored uh, team. They're not, they're, they're not the favorite team. They're going to be in the discussion. Yep. The focus is not necessarily going to be on Utah. And they they have – the cupboards aren't completely bare. They pretty much have the entire offensive line back. Got a great guy at quarterback. Um, for me, uh, a, a potentially really good thrower at quarterback this year. Okay. A legitimate quarterback. So if we go along Scott Mitchell's theory of game management, and if you have a weaker defense with a great offensive line and – possibly a really good quarterback, you know, coming in there and you manage that ball and that clock really good. And they, they could really, they could have a, they, they could have a, they could, they have, could a, have a really good yeah. year. I mean, I could see them, they could go 10 and two. 
They could, they could so, go on, on the. They're going to They're going to talk in the best scenario. They're going to lose some games next they're year. They're going to lose. Some they're games. just inexperienced. They're going to lose a couple of games. But man, if you manage a great offensive line, that's what encourages me. I mean, there's just nothing like an experienced, awesome offensive line yeah. that can really control the line of scrimmage. You and can you, manage you, that. Right. You know that they're going to they're going to be good on defense. They're they'll always be, good on defense. They'll be good. They're, they're going to be good. They'll figure it out. They'll find guys. Whatever. Yeah. Um. They could be a sleeper next year. For for me, I think they'll lose a couple of games. Best case scenario, and they'll compete for the Pac-12. Be- best case so, scenario. Best yeah. case scenario. Best two case loss scenario. team. You know, right up there, two and three loss. Well, it's it's certainly intriguing on, on both sides. It's, it'll it'll yeah. be a fun year to watch. All right. Yeah. Um. This round of rivals is over. He's Jason Buck. I'm Scott Mitchell. We're powered by KSLSports.com. Uh, find us on Facebook at The Rivals Podcast, Twitter at The Rivals Show. And until then, support your local sheriff.